Welcome to Late Night Screams. I'm Ryan Edwards, joined by J.D. Hall in Arizona. Terry, guys, happy Halloween. How are we doing tonight? Happy Halloween. I'm doing good. Happy Halloween. I'm ready. So tonight, guys, we have something very special planned for you on this uh, special edition of Late Night Screams. I know we've all talked about local haunts and things like that, but I know J.D. um, finally got the elusive audio from his son's apartment in Tiffin, Ohio. And I understand that you have uh, three clips picked out for us that you want us to listen to and we can and kind of break I, it down yeah i do there the the file that he sent to me was 11 minutes of of them doing this now it's not 11 minutes of questions reaction questions answers and that type of stuff there's a lot of just white noise static so i went through i probably went through about six or seven minutes of it you know the highest peaks that i that i saw on the audio when i was looking at it to find some of the best clips, some of the easiest, the easiest to hear responses to some of their questions. Um, and, and this is just a little bit of what they experience in that apartment and in those, in those four apartments really, um, because they, they hear footsteps, they hear voices, they have doors opening and closing. They have all kinds of things and activity that happens in their apartment. Um, but like even my son's even heard audible like breathing and whispering and growling like in his ear to you know beside him not when he's just sitting there not when he's doing his spirit box or or anything like that this is just stuff that he's heard in his apartment by himself um so is it so, both is it your son and his friend the both it, of their apartments are yes we think it's it's probably all four are probably yeah, having ac- activity uh, but it's happened to both my son and his apartment and his best friend who lives on the opposite apartment downstairs. So it's happened in both places. But all of these recordings that I have, all these these three clips that I've got, happened in my son's apartment. JD, anything unusual about this apartment complex? Is it an older building? Give no, us no description of it. Not really. It's a pretty indescript building. Okay. It, it's just like a big block. <laughs> Really, that's that's just sit down in a in a parking lot, um, and there's there's two downstairs apartments, and then there's two upstairs apartments. I mean, that's it. So there's nothing really special as far as I know. Um, I don't know of any real history or anything like that that's been associated with that apartment building. So can now, you? I, I guess. Yeah. Well, can you go? Like, I know a lot of those properties. If it's a new property that may have there been an old building there at some point that they there may have been. I don't right. This building might be fifty years old. Okay, so it's it's not it's it's a fairly new building, right? Um, so there might be if I were to go to the uh, Seneca County Museum or or something like that, I may be able to find something, maybe an old picture of that part of the road or you know something like that, and and see what might have been there before their apartment building. But Tiffin also has a pretty uh, big history with the underground railroad. So it was, it was on, it was one of the stops for the underground railroad. So some of the bigger older houses that are still standing may have, you know, hidden places, hidden rooms in the basements and stuff like that. Um, and my mother-in-law even lived in a house on, on a road that runs along the river 
in a, I think she lived in a duplex when she first got married and she would have, they would have experiences like water faucet turning off and on lights turning off and on and, you know, stuff like that. So Tiffin does have kind of a history of activity right, and, and hauntings. So um, there was even a YouTube channel that did a, a ghost, uh, a paranormal investigation at one of the restaurants here in town called the pioneer mill. I think that thing, that, that building and that, play it's been in operation since like the 1870s you know so that building is very very old and they found they they had a lot of activity and and stuff like that um so you could even go out you could go out and search that on youtube and just type in pioneer mill tiffin and there's a whole episode i think it's about an hour long of them doing the investigation and talking to employees about things that 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 they've seen heard or had happened to them so um but this well, what I'm about to play for you guys is stuff that's that's pretty happened pretty close to me because it happened to my son. So we'll go ahead and yeah, play you the first clip. Chris, have you been dead? That was a date. That was a date. I know. This is September of 2000. So I don't know if you could hear that real well. It's kind of hard because that the the response was a lot lower than what the the question was. So I was trying to get it to where you could hear the response. I'll go ahead and play it one more time. Chris, have you been dead? That was a date. I was a date. I know. This is September of 2000. So the question they ask is, how many years have you been dead? And they, are, they, they do receive a response of a date. Not a specific date, but they get a date. And... Me, I hear September of 2008. Yeah, I hear that as well. I, that's what I hear. And and um, I went back, like I went back at first and I played it when you sent it to us in our in our group chat. And then when he tweeted it out, I went back and listened to the cleaned up audio verse, the audio that you sent us in our group chat. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because at first I thought I heard August and, you know, August 2000, you know, whatever. Um, and then when you had the clean up version of it, I heard September 2008, what you said. Right. And, and it, it, but you can hear you can hear September at first, but you don't hear the eight until the end. Like it sounds like it could either be two thousand or two thousand and eight. Right. The, it, you hear September two thousand, and then it's like a a really small beat, and then it's like an eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I hear. Do you hear the same thing, Terry? I do. I do. Okay. Um, and like I said, that was one of the more clear responses from and- what I. For how direct it was, you know, and and to answer it right away, like not it be delayed, tells you that it's a very intelligent haunting. Now, there there was more time in between the question and the answer. I cut cut out some of that dead space between it because I didn't right. need it to be a minute long trying to play this. Right. But at the same hearing that, time, hearing that white noise static is pretty annoying. <laughs> right. But, but it really is. But, but for the fact though, like that they were able to get that yes. kind of response and you're like, wow, you know, like then you hear your uh, son and your friend or and his friend go, Did, was that a date? And right. then you hear one of them say, I think I heard September, you know, 2000 or whatever. And then I, and it cut off. I think they said 2008, but I cut it off. Right. Yeah, so, so. For, but, but for the fact though, that, that they were able to say and think the same thing that we heard. And, and, we they, and that was live, like right, right. when it was happening. Yeah. So they right. heard it right then. So it had to be fairly, really clear for them to pick that up as quickly as they did. So right. now we will move on to clip number two. How many are with us right now? 
multiple. You said there are multiple? I, I thought I heard multiple. How many is multiple? All right, I'll play it one more time for you. How many are with us right now? Multiple. You said there are multiple? I, I thought I heard multiple. How many is multiple? Okay, so that's another one where that, that response and that answer is pretty pretty clear. When they ask how many is there, I think it's a pretty clear answer where they say multiple. Yeah, I hear there are multiple, and then when they ask again, I didn't get the number that they said, but did they say there are multiple? When they ask how many is multiple, I hear four. Okay. That's what I hear is four. It, it could be more. It could be – but I hear four. You know, that's the sound that I hear at the end. It's either more or four. Right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an intelligent response. It's right. really, really and, cool. And well, the thing is, is what I want to know is that were they including your son and his friend in that response? And maybe they're, you know, in that room or how many of, you know, because I've heard the spirit box like asking mm -hmm. or people do spirit box before and say how many people are in the room. And then they say seven. And then you take into account like maybe it's the seven people that they're, um, right that are right. in that room at the time, but also too, but just for them to say four, you know, like, or say multiple, like there's mo like, that's insane. Right. Like you hear right. that, you know, if I was your son, if I was your son, I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm out. Like, this is too much, you know, for me at the moment. But People have asked him, why don't you move? Why are you? And <clears throat> he answers because I like it. It's mm -hmm. fun. It's interesting. Uh, so I don't think he's too, scared yet i mean you know i talked about the growl that kind of freaked him out a little bit but uh, uh for the most part the things that have happened to him and what they've heard on the spirit box haven't been things that have been too concerning or too scary for them um does he have a roommate or is it just himself? It, he lives by himself okay uh, and his best friend lives across the hall but they're together most of the time when they're off work so uh they're experiencing this stuff together most of the time when it happens. So is there, I, yeah. I guess if, if there's no really super scary events that have taken place, I, I kind of agree with him. I think right. I would want to hang out there as well. <laughs> no, I mean, like I, like I would too, but just, you know, for the fact that, you know, you're getting these intelligent responses on it and for him mm -hmm. to be aware of it and, you know, and just be like, okay, you know, he's talking, communicating, wants to learn about it. You know, that's, that's obviously something right. that we want to do. And the fact that, he's living out that dream of mine to be like living in it <laughs> just to have those kind of interactions in a place that you live in, you know, right. like, and how, I mean, how old is your son? Is he in his 20s? He's 20. He's 20. Okay, so for him, I mean, has he been a believer before all this? Oh yeah. I mean, it's okay. stuff that they've been, that both my kids have been interested in and like since they were little. little. Yeah. Right. So just the, for him to, you know, be interested in it and believe in it for that long and to have his own experiences is, is quite something, you know, because he can share it with you um, and he can share it with us. But I know you have another clip that you I have one more clip that I want to play. Um, I can't remember what it was, um, but it's another it's another clip that I think is, is pretty clear. Are you standing right in front of us? I like his questions too. Like he's like, "Are you standing right in front of us?" And right. I hear a yes. I was, yes. was going to play it one more time, just to so you guys can 
decide whether or not that's really what you hear or not. And I'll turn it up a little bit more because that answer is pretty quiet. Are you standing right in front of us? Yeah. A... I, that's what I hear. I hear it. Yeah. 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 Right, real quick. Yeah. Or I hear I am. I could be yeah or I it am. Could, it, it could be. I think it's more likely that it's a, a real quick yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's insane. Like just for the fact that, you know, you hear that. You, like one thing I would like to have your son do the next time they do this is if he can get a millimeter or something like that or like something that can pick up, right. you know, like a rim I, pot even and just sit it out and just, you know, get I us. I thought about getting him for his birthday, like an infrared camera. Um, yeah a FLIR or something like that, you know, so, so just so he can look at temperature variations, just something yeah. very simple. Um, or even like, I don't know how much those, those cameras are where it shows the stick figures where when it's yes. picking up. They also you know, have camera, what they yeah. are it's like the made with the PlayStation or Xbox type deal, like mapping software. And right. So uh, if I could get, if those aren't too terribly expensive, that might be a good gift to get for him for his birthday so that when he is doing this stuff, he can have that camera out and recording his apartment while he's asking, while they're asking these questions to see if there is something there with them to see right. if there is nothing sitting next to him or standing right in front of them um, to get more validation and more um, information or, or, or whatever you want to call more evidence to what's mm -hmm. going on into his, in his apartment. Well, in the these, go ahead. Go on, Terry. Well, well, I was going to ask, do these events happen in his best friend's apartment as well? Is it yes. isolated? No. So <laughs> is it is it maybe the same entity going back and forth? I, I would imagine that's what it is. Um, that's fascinating. I, I don't think it'd be two different separate hauntings there. I think it's just one specific haunting well, that happens see, across both apartments. Right. And it, that would be like something I would like to see the history on the building to see if that building was always an apartment because if it wasn't and they converted it right. into apartments, because I've heard of that stuff before where um, there are buildings that they convert into different office spaces and stuff like that. But it's they're like, oh, so have you guys, you know, all the units and stuff like that are having the same experiences or similar mm -hmm. type of experiences. So maybe at some point that house or that apartment complex was a house or an office space where Could have been. It could have been. You never know, and that's what like that's. Or why there I'm could like, have been one of one of the older houses in Tiffin standing on that land. location. Yeah, that just over the years deteriorated and, and was falling apart and got torn down, and then this building was was put there in its spot as apartments. Right. Yeah. Might might have been an old property manager living on site. <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. Died. You know, but he'd been in every. It, one it of could those have been. Rooms. It could. The. The possibilities for what's going on in his apartment are pretty they're pretty endless for because of, of the history of what Tiffin had, had has shown and has gone through. So is, is is your town haunted? Like is it known for hauntings? Let's put it this way. Um so back in I think it was the, the early eighties, mid eighties, there was a hotel downtown. It was called the Sean Hotel. At that time, it had already been shuttered. It was closed. It had been closed for years. Um, my wife would actually go in and, and play in that in that hotel because her mom worked at a bar that was attached to it, and the attics kind of shared. So you could get from one building to the next through the attic. And they would hear things happening inside the building and, and stuff like that. 
Well, one winter, like at this point, like I said, it's been abandoned. There's no power. There's no utilities. There's no nothing going to this building. And one winter it caught on fire. So they're, you know, the fire department show up, they're spraying water on the building, putting the fire out. And suddenly this, the, the hotel sign lights up and just says hot. Wow. Oh, wow. Building. And like I said, the power had been cut. There was no power to the building. But the hotel sign lit up and said hot. It's now been changed. It's it's now back open. It's not a hotel anymore. It's an assisted living building. Oh, and there have been reports from nurses and nurse aides about them seeing things and hearing things in that building right. um, while they're working. There's another uh, uh, retirement home that's that's in town um, called St. Francis. It's run by nuns, you know, so. It, there, it's got it's it's on a a property that's fairly old you know uh for for tiffin and there's lots of reports of of voices and footsteps and and things like that happening in those hallways um i had a co-worker because i used to work there um right after high school and i was working third shift and i had a co-worker that would go down in the family lounge and she would take a nap on her lunch and she came out like almost running out of the room one night freaking out because she said she, she was pushed off the, the couch that she was laying on. Wow. Now, yeah. could she have been dreaming and it was, you know, in her dream and it can, you know, those, those, your waking world and, and your dream world kind of crossed. Yeah. But with, with the reports of things that have happened there, you know, it's, it's, it's not something you can really discount. Um, there's a theater called the Ritz theater that's reported to be haunted um, with one of the workers that was building the, the, the theater um, having gotten sealed up in a wall and died and he haunts the place. Um, so there's, there, there's a lot of um, landmark buildings in Tiffin that are reported to have haunts in them so it's kind of like it, and and it's kind of like independence and and kansas city and the surrounding area yeah um where tiffin's you know, a fairly old right town for 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 ohio too right so and and it goes back to like those older towns like independence kansas city atchison kansas you know they all have their buildings right. um you know the truman home where harry s truman lived after his president even before his presidency is said to be haunted Right. Um, they have examples of like it, it's not open to the public, but they give tours. And they said one night um, they said a police officer was driving by the house. And this was years after, you know, the Truman's passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, an officer said he said it was like 1230 in the morning. He drives by the house and he sees an apparition of Harry S. Truman walking down the sidewalk with his top, you know, his coat, his cane, right. everything. And he calls it in and he goes, Hey, there's an elderly gentleman that is walking into the Truman home. And he was new to the area. The cops told him, you know, the people at dispatch and whatever said, he's not, there's nobody living in that house. You're seeing things. So he goes in and gets permission from whoever it is. They come in, unlock the house to make sure there's nobody there. Nobody was there. But and while they were walking through the house, they said they heard footsteps and people talking and laughing, you know, and that house sits on the 
corner of a you know Truman Road on a very busy street. Right. And it's in a historic district, but it, you walk into the house and they said it like it was like they never left the 1960s, you know, or even 50s. Like they left every piece of furniture, clothing that they had when they had, you know, what they had there. And it's like a museum, basically. That's what it is today. But it's like a time capsule. But they but, you know, they people say they hear um, voices when they go in there, uh, footsteps, you know, and they'll drive by sometimes at night and see the lights on in the house when they shouldn't be on. Right. Um, and, and, and there's other buildings like that here, um, that are like that where people have had experiences, but that's one for, for me right. that I, I find really interesting. And, and, and you started to, to talk about that. It's a perfect segue into what we are, are going to do this episode, which is we've each chosen, you know, some stories or some, some hauntings and stuff to talk about. Um, Ryan, why don't you get us started and, and, and tell us about the, the first one you've got. Okay, well, the first one I have is is very um, interesting to me. It's it's the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. For those who aren't aware, uh, Atchison, Kansas is probably one of the most haunted places in the United States. It has been dubbed that for the long the longest time. It's right across the river from St. Joseph, Missouri, which has also got a lot of haunts to it. Um, and this town is relatively old. It's like, I think the oldest city in the state of Kansas or one of the oldest cities in the state of Kansas. Well, so the Sally house sits on the bluff of the Missouri river and the backyard. I mean, it's on the bluffs, it's on a hill. Um, and the house is very old. It's a, it, if you were to look at the Sally house, it is a very small, tiny Victorian style home. But you look at the houses across the street from it, and it kind of looks out of place, you know. Um, but anyway, um, the story behind it is, is that it was there was a residence or a family that was killed there, an entire family that had been killed there. Um, and one of the girls that lived there was Sally, and she was the one that was killed brutally. She was murdered in the house upstairs, and Every year they do a, you can do tours of the house. You can go and have tours of this house. You can do private investigations, overnight investigations. You can do daytime tours, you know, for the day, you know, or a couple hours, you know, do all that. Well, I decided to go um, there two years ago today on Halloween in, in 2020, right during the heart of the pandemic and had an experience of my own. Mm -hmm. um, we, we signed up and we met in with this group that, was with us, you know, they were like, Oh, no, we're not hearing anything. We're not hearing anything. And I'm like, well, okay. I've watched plenty of ghost showing you things. It was middle of the afternoon. They're like, Oh no, maybe it's the afternoon. And I said, well, I really don't believe that. You know, like, I don't believe in the fact that it has to be night to have a paranormal experience just because you see it on the TV shows. Doesn't mean you can have an experience during the middle of the day. And um, at that point, there were four of us downstairs and nobody was upstairs. And we heard the floorboard start to creak above us. And somebody had started, like, it sounded like somebody was pacing back and forth in, in this house. So I go upstairs and I start, like, asking a few questions. And I said, if you're here, can you make a noise? And then the back door to the house was open. Somebody had opened the back door. And all of a sudden, I hear slam. And I hear the two girls that were in the house scream. And then I hear the guy that was downstairs go, what the hell was that? And I'm keep in mind, I'm upstairs. So I don't know. And these, everybody else was downstairs in the living room and then like the entryway. And they go back 
and in the kitchen, all the drawers are open to the cabinets. The back door is slammed shut. There was a glass that fell off the counter that was laying on the floor, but you didn't hear all that because of the commode. Like it just felt like somebody picked up the house and threw it down back on its foundation hmm. because of like how just stuff was open and shattered and, and, you know, just the cabinets were all open and in a matter of minutes, you know, like it was just crazy how they're like, Oh no, you don't believe it. Then all of a sudden, like, it, like you know, a snap, you know, that happened. So, um, but I've heard other stories, you know, Jason Offit has said that um, when he came on our show, he said a, a woman had an experience like that where she was laying in her bed at the house at her own private residence and the phone started ringing. Um, so guys, what are your thoughts on that? Like, can you, do you think that it's possible that if you antagonize something or in, instigate it to do something that it will like it did at the Sally house? Or is it more of like, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It hauntings usually can happen at any time or those type of experiences don't have to happen only at night kind of thing. I think you can antagonize something. Yeah. And I, that's why I think a lot of, you know, ghost hunters tell you not to do that. But a lot right, of them, right, a lot right. of, a lot of them do. A lot of them do. To, a lot of them do. To, to get something. To right? get some kind of reaction, some kind of evidence for their show. Because if they didn't have things to record, on camera or on video or audio or whatever, and they wouldn't have a show. Right. <laughs> so, you know, they've get they've got to do something to make to to spice those shows up. Because I would imagine when they go on these investigations, you know, they're over they're there overnight. They're there from like seven to seven to five. You know, so they're there eight, 10, 12 hours sometimes. I mean, you got to believe that a lot of that time is just dead. Like there's nothing happening. So the more that you can create, the more that you can stir up, the more that you can start, the better for your program, the better for your show, the better for your brand, you know? So, uh, and actually the better for everyone else, because now you're, you're, you're able to collect more evidence to show proof. Yeah. Now do some of these shows take it over the top with the reactions and stuff like that? Yes, because it's a show, it's an entertainment value. Um, but I think some of the things that they're reacting to are very legitimate, you know, things that they're hearing, things that they're seeing, you know, stuff that's happening around them and to them, you know, that stuff is legitimate, but their reactions, they make them over the top for the entertainment value of the show. And you, know, you can have, you can have it both ways with that. And I think that's what we see with that. And that's why some people don't don't like those shows and feel like they're fake because of the over the top reactions that you get from some of them. You know, well, some of the some of those shows, though, you can tell that they are legitimately scared. Like you it's can, not fake. Yeah, absolutely, and you can see. It in their and I love those moments. Like that's like, when I'm all right. This is good. I, I know right. the guys from Ghost Adventures, Zach Vegas and those guys, they get a lot of flack for their reactions, but you can see it in their face when something legitimately happens. Correct. Not yeah. just how they're, re not just what they're showing for the camera. It's it's in their face. You can't hide that, those kind of feelings and stuff that happens when it happens to you, when you're experiencing that. So those things that just happen automatically with you are noticeable on the camera. Forget right. about how they yell or or the the mannerisms that they have. You can see it in their face when this stuff is really happening to them 
and you can see that feeling that they have. Well, and keep in mind too that a lot of the a lot of that stuff too, it's done in the dark. So you not you don't they don't have any lights on their cameras. You, you're in pitch blackness. So if right. you hear a door slam, like I had that experience at the Sally House, which by the way, I'll give you a little history on it on the haunting itself. Um, is it's reported to be haunted by a girl, but also people think it could be a demonic type of uh, haunting. Um, but Sally, the reason why it's named Sally house is this girl died, um, from having appendicitis and she, the house was a doctor's house at the time. And she died on the operating table there upstairs where I heard the footsteps and stuff like that when, you know, we were all downstairs in the living room, but it, it is dubbed to be called, you know, it's just insane how people are like, well, this young girl died on an operating table, but yet there's a demonic haunting to it. And that's what people have um have really done you know and talked about like you, you're like how do you get a girl's death and all of a sudden it turn into a demonic haunting and they now, don't have any like that's what people have said because right. uh ghost adventures went there and found demonic type activity like what i told you with the door slamming and then right. the drawers and stuff opening but here's here's what i think some i think sometimes angry entities angry mm -hmm. ghosts are interpreted as demonic. Right. Somebody that's upset that they have died. You know, maybe that little girl is upset that she she died on the operating table from something that's a pretty benign operation. At least now, maybe not back then when that happened, but at least now, something that's that that most people survive. She died on the operating table for. So maybe she's pissed off and she's going around slamming doors and, and making all this ruckus because we all know what little kids are like when they. It's a temper tantrum. Right. Slamming doors, screaming drawers and, and, and all that stuff. They're they're very emotional and demonstrative with with their actions and reactions to things. So I, I think sometimes when 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 hauntings and, and and things are labeled as demonic, maybe it's just maybe they're just angry. Right. Maybe it's just something that, you know, I'm I'm a yeller. When I get upset, I yell and. You know, when my kids growing up, I never had to discipline them any other way but yelling because I've got a very big voice. As everybody that listens to our podcast knows, my voice can if I if I'm not careful, I drown you guys out when I'm talking. You know, so uh, so my voice alone was enough to kind of straighten my kids up, and i think that that's kind of along the same lines as some of these angry hauntings where you know somebody in in their their while they were living may have been somebody that liked that when they got mad they slammed doors or they stomped really walked really heavy and and hard and and threw things and stuff like that and they just continue that on into the afterlife in these hauntings and they get labeled as demonic right and if it was an untimely death too back in the day for appendicitis right. that's something you typically don't die of Right. nowadays i mean you can but you know at the time there wasn't a clear-cut procedure on how to do it maybe um the doctor messed up and and accidentally killed her or, and you know and and but you know i i it's just to me like it's just like you said it could be that she's upset and didn't realize you know like or maybe she doesn't even know she's dead you know like right um and i know you guys also uh terry what are what are your do you have a local haunt that you want to talk about oh i definitely do yeah um like many of y'all know i live in flagstaff arizona 
and we have a hotel downtown called the Hotel Monte Vista. It is definitely haunted. It's been on multiple shows on Travel Channel from Portals to Hell with Jack Osborne. Uh, Most Terrifying Places had an episode back in 2019. So you can go on YouTube and find a bunch of stuff where people have gone in there and done like an investigation. So humor me a little bit and let me tell you a little bit about the history. Um, So Flagstaff is one of the most haunted cities in the state. And we've got some haunted places. We've got Bisbee. We've got Jerome, which has got a lot of stuff going on. But Flagstaff is right up there with them. This hotel is downtown at the intersection of Aspen and South San Francisco Street. And it's really been a a fixture of being haunted since predating the Great Depression. So it's been a long time. So the hotel was actually built by a fundraising event the locals had um, in the 20s. They wanted to have a fancy hotel downtown because tourism was growing like crazy out west. So they raised $200,000 along with a big donation from Zane Gray, who was a big famous Western author. And they broke ground in 26. And then on New Year's Day, 1927, the hotel opened. This hotel has hosted some of the larger, biggest stars in the 40s and 50s, like during that time frame, the Westerns were being filmed out West. Flagstaff, Sedona, Monument Valley were used for a lot of movies. So you're talking like the golden age of Hollywood stayed at the hotel. Bing Crosby, Jane Russell, Clark Gable, Bob Hope, John Wayne was there. And they even filmed a scene in Casablanca with Humphrey Bogart at the hotel. So it's got kind of a cool history. It is a historical hotel and it's listed with the U.S. Register. So Let's talk about the permanent guest at the Hotel Monte Vista. So <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a local. I've never stayed there. We go there downstairs to the lounge. The lounge is on the bottom floor. It's a cool bar. It's a good place to go and have a cocktail. So I broke it down to a few different hauntings, and I'm going to go through each one. So we'll talk about room 305, specifically the rocking chair in room 305. So Years ago, there was an older lady who lived there as a long-term renter. So it wasn't just like a hotel you stayed in. There were actually people who lived there. And this old lady would sit in this rocking chair looking out the window. And you could see her from the street level. And when she passed away, you know, obviously we started seeing these, hearing these stories from guests and hotel staff about seeing the rocking chair rock by itself. Just numerous accounts of this. There's been reports of noise coming from the closet, muffled voices, and there has actually been full-on apparitions being seen in the hotel room. So that's definitely a pretty haunted room. That's 305. Now, one of the more gross stories was in room 306, right next door. So in the 1940s, Flagstaff had a red light district. And it was about two blocks from the hotel. And the story goes that two prostitutes were brought up to room 306 and they never left. They were said to have been murdered in the room. And then their bodies were thrown out the third floor window landing on the street. So, yeah. Do you want to repeat that? 
So, (laughs) yeah, two prostitutes murdered in 306. Then they threw their bodies out the window and they landed on the street. Well, I mean, that's quite the experience. That's a way to dispose of the body. Right. I guess. Yeah. That's when you really just don't care, right? You're just in. Do whatever. So, obviously, that's going to stir up some stuff right there. Did they get get away with murder? I don't know that. I will tell you this. If you sleep in that room, and specifically if you're a guy, oh. be careful. Those prostitutes might not like guys. Prostitutes aren't happy. <laughs> and, so what they're saying is, is that we can get choked to death. and Oh, that's great because that's what they do. They choke you or they put your their hands over your mouth where you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't breathe. Are you sure you it's not difficulty breathing. <laughs> Who knows? But so that that's probably like the you know grossest, scariest thing there. And you said that was room 306. 306. Write that down. Yeah. Write that down, Ryan. 305. <laughs> you go 305. 306. Next night, 306. Yep. <laughs> I'm like then, two reservations. <laughs> yeah, right. And then if you go downstairs, they have a cocktail at the lounge where we go sometimes. Let me tell you a story about that. There was a bank robbery in Flagstaff. This was in 1970. All right. So these jokers robbed the bank. One of them got shot by a security guard. Now, he wasn't like mortally wounded, but he was bleeding. But the three guys stopped at the Hotel Monte Vista Lounge to grab a drink and to brag <laughs> to brag about this robbery. Dumbest criminals on earth, right? Right. <laughs> so these three guys are drinking, and one of them, one got shot. All of a sudden, he just lay kills over. He bled out. So, well, this, there you go, right? You, you, you match up a, a gunshot wound with alcohol, which thins your blood. Yeah, what a oh, dumbass. They're not the smartest criminals in the world. No. <laughs> yeah. So the staff, they're saying, well, we see things move. Glasses fall off the walls. They break. Chairs all of a sudden scoot out of the way. And sometimes you hear voices at late at night there. Probably that dumbass bank robber right. that, that had last drink. All right. Got a couple more here. Um, the, there's a phantom bellboy. Oh. So this is kind of cool because John Wayne actually was impacted by the phantom bellboy. He's known to knock on your door and in a very muffled voice, room service. So John Wayne was staying in the room. That happened. He opened the door up, looked down the hall, nothing. He's not the only one that's had this happen. Lots of people have. So there is definitely a phantom bellboy up there at the Hotel Monte Vista. Um, elevator attendant. Like everything's haunted here, man. Even the elevator. <laughs> like the first, one of the f- fanciest elevators in Arizona was this, I guess they're called Otis Elevators. And Hotel Monte Vista had one of those initially. Now it's more modernized. But I guess back in the day you had an attendant to help you, right? Well, even on the new modern ones, people will get on the elevator and they'll hear somebody talking or someone in a faint voice say, which floor? Which floor? Or they'll see like gates closed with a hand. And one guy was on the elevator and it has mirrors in the back of the elevator, right? And you're standing there. He looked in the mirrors in the front and he saw a dude behind him, like an attendant. He turns around only fast and he was gone, but. Yeah, so that's the haunted attendant. And here's here's the climax. This is the one now. This is the meat man of room 220. The meat right? man? As the in meat man. meat man. This dude worked as a butcher, all right? So oh, wow. Okay. 
Ladies are scared of this dude. Well, you were talking about prostitutes earlier, so I'm glad you went with Butcher. <laughs> yeah, we got them all, man. <laughs> all right, so this happened actually in the 1980s. This guy was a long-term renter at the hotel, kind of had a reputation of being a weirdo. Bizarre dude. He would bring meat home from the butcher, and he would hang it in his room. And there was a chandelier in the room, and he would hang the meat on the chandelier. Don't ask me why. Well, a couple days passed one time. Dude doesn't come to work. Staff finally go in there and find out he died. <laughs> oh, they had to remove everything out, do all these different repairs. And, you know, there was a guy who was a maintenance worker. He was hired to do some repairs. So he went there and he, he needed some more supplies. He had to leave, lock it up, go to the hardware store, came back to the room. The TV was on full blast. Everything in the room was just thrown everywhere. All the bedding, everything was just a mess. Dude freaked out, <laughs> left. So that's the thing. People that stay here, specifically ladies, have usually weird experiences. The TV has a way of just coming on full blast all the time. Women have felt the cold hands of like a man touching them. And one lady said that she felt something dripping on her face one night, assuming it might be the blood from the meat hanging right. from the chandelier. So I will say, I will say this. If you're going to stay at the Hotel Monte Vista, probably stay at room 220. You're probably going to get your money's worth. <laughs> and I, have to, I do have to give credit for this story. It was posted on a, a site called Haunted History, Storytelling, Travel the Back Roads. Uh, the author was Sarah Buchholz, and it came out in November 14th, 2019. Nice, nice little story, though, the Hotel Monte yeah. Vista. And that's just a sampling of it. Right. Well, we, uh, we, we need to figure out a time the three of us can get together and, and do this kind of thing and, and get some investigation stuff going. But, J.D., what's your... So, what I chose to talk about today, most people who are fans of the paranormal... Um, are going to recognize what I talk about. It's Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. Um, a little history I'm going to go through, you know, stuff that led up, you know, the, the prison itself and when it opened and, you know, a little bit of the history before I get into the hauntings. Um, it opened in 1896 after 10 years of construction to get it open. That's when they first brought in their, their first 150 inmates was in 1896. It ultimately closed for good in, in 1990. So you're talking about 90, what was it? 94 years of operation as a prison. Um, it even still holds a record to this day as being um, the largest freestanding steel cell block in the world at six stories for the Eastern cell block for the East cell block. So, a prison that was built in 1896 is still holding a record for being one of the largest prisons in the world. Um, leading up to the closing, um, when it opened and when they started, it was, it was a reform and re and rehabilitate model prison to send people back out into um, society. So leading up to the closing financial support for the prison for that model had been pulled. Um, Largely by the by the 1960s, um, and because of that being pulled, 
they transitioned into changing it over to a maximum security prison, which it was never, that was a purpose it was never designed for. Um, and by the 1980s, conditions at the prison deteriorated to a, to a, such a point that the inmates actually sued the state of Ohio and ultimately won. And that lawsuit led to a new prison being built nearby and the ultimate closing of the facility. Um, if you're a movie fan, it's got a long history of um, films and TV shows and stuff being filmed on the property. Um, the most famous movie that I, I'm pretty sure most of us have seen is the Shawshank Redemption um, with Morgan Freeman and you know Susan Sarandon's husband because I can't think of his name right now. Um, <laughs> but that's the, in, in the in the late '90s up to the late 80s up to the mid 90s there were actually three big movies that were filmed there the Shawshank Redemption Tango and Cash was filmed there in 1989 and Air Force 1 hmm. so Tango and Cash was actually filmed at the facility when it was still an open and running prison in 1989 and the facility acted as a Russian prison in Air Force 1 so, and I think that has a lot to do with the 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 style of the prison. It's a gothic style type prison with the with the main building. Um, but when we start talking about the hauntings of of the Ohio State Reformatory, they don't just start after the facility closed and it became an attraction or uh, a destination for for people to come in and do ghost hunts. Reports of ghosts at the prison actually started with inmates who were there and they would tell the guards that they were terrified of things that were happening at night. And these inmates would report invisible hands grabbing at the bed sheets and pulling them tight and loose as if they were being tucked into bed. Hmm. And I, most of, of what was happening, it seems to me would all date back to, the history of the land before it was even a prison because it was used as a training camp for civil war soldiers before they built the prison on it. So there's a long history there of, of violence just for that land it was on. And then you go to the prison and over the, the history of the prison, more than 200 people died at the prison, including two guards who were killed during escape attempts. So there's a lot of pain, anguish, and just bad energy that's associated with the Ohio State Reformatory. Going all the way back to the 1860s when, like I said, it was a Civil War training camp for, for soldiers going to the Civil War. And hauntings at the, the Ohio State Reformatory kind of cover the entire place. Um, but what's nice is... The, the website for the, the the OSR has a list of the most haunted places in the prison, the eight most haunted places in the prison. So I'll give you a little rundown of those. That Starting from eight going up. So we start with the east wing on the first floor, specifically the, the toilet room and the east showers. People that are there in the prison nearly every night are encountering or experiencing shadow people wow. in that area of the prison. 
the third floor middle admin, audible voices, footsteps, more shadow people, and the feel, just the general feeling of not being alone. You know, though, there's a theme with what we see with the hauntings at, at the OSR. The sub-basement is another place. It's number six. Um, this place was even avoided during while it was in operation because of the experiences that people were having down there. Now, can you imagine what it's like now that the, the prison is closed and there's nobody in there and it's just silent and you go down to the sub-basement? Number five, we got the chapel. Ghosts have been, especially recently, getting more physical in the chapel with a lot of touching and grabbing it and physical contact with the guests that are walking through the chapel. Uh, the West Attic at number four. Now, they didn't say who this was. This, this is all information I'm getting from the OSR, but there was an investigation being done. There's a paranormal celebrity who was in the West Attic and had an experience that was so disturbing, they grabbed their scarf and left and would not go back. Now, I, I, I wish there was more information about what was being experienced by that person at that time. Um, not necessarily who it was, but to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what could have happened in the West Attic that, that caused this person who, if they're a paranormal celebrity, has been on countless investigations and they were so scared that they wouldn't go back um number three the admin basement and there were two there were reports of two different two separate entities that are in the admin basement haunting one's a nice benevolent ghost the other one is not mm. it's more of a malevolent evil type of haunting that's that's being being experience down there so like a demon or dem or demonic i, I don't think one? it's demon they no i don't think it's demonic i just think it's probably a prisoner who was just a pretty shitty fucking person aggressive <laughs> aggressive and, and it's continuing that on in the in, afterlife in the afterlife yeah uh i mean you're and, in prison who wouldn't i mean if right. you're violent in in life you're gonna be violent in the you're afterlife. gonna be violent in death yes um and we're getting to the top two now which when I say what they are, you're gonna you're gonna understand why. At number two is the cell blocks. You you know what happens to many murders right. and suicides took place in this area. So I mean, you can just imagine what's being witnessed there from people that walk through or do an investigation. Free floating apparitions, sounds, physical contact in the cells, footsteps, cell doors slamming, breathing, growling, like. It runs the whole gamut of things that you would experience in a haunted building or a haunted location. And finally is solitary confinement. Again, you're not going to have the murders, but you're going to have many suicides that are happening in, in that area of the prison. And just like with the cell blocks, you get the same type of hauntings and, and experiences down there with the apparitions and the voices and, and stuff like that happening in solitary confinement. The biggest thing that I think most people see at Mansfield prison at Ohio state reformatory though, is the shadow people, mm -hmm. you know, just about every investigation I've ever seen or read about talks about the shadow people. Um, and type, you know, like I said, types of sightings that reported over the years 
range from the shadow people to footsteps to full floating apparitions and everything in between. Like anything that you can think of happening in a haunted location is happening at Ohio State Reformatory. And because of this, the the prison has been the subject of numerous well-known paranormal TV shows. Ghost Adventures has been there. Ghost Hunters, the OG of the ghost hunting shows, the paranormal shows, was there. Destination Fear filmed an episode there. Uh, and because in another aspect, because of what happens and everything that's going on at, at Mansfield Prison, because of this, it regularly ranks as one of the most haunted places in America. Well, and that anybody goes- who's... Anybody who's into the paranormal knows about Ohio State Reformatory. Well, and and that goes back to, you know, you talk about your famous prison. Missouri also has a famous prison Mm -hmm. in Jefferson City known as the Missouri State Penitentiary, which all those ghost shows that you just mentioned have have obviously been there. Um, And the Missouri State Penitentiary is known as the 40th or deadliest 47 acres in the world or in the United States. It's it's got a terrifying history. Um, and it overlooks, it just overlooks. I mean, it's on a bluff in the middle of the city. You can't miss it. You drive by it. It's intimidating. It's foreboding. It's just sits there and they have a, one of the United States is some, I think they have a gas chamber on site that, uh, numerous murders have passed away and have been, you know, murdered or died in. And some of the legends there on that, and I remember it vividly from hearing stories about it and seeing it on TV, is that if you're in that gas chamber, which is on its own separate location of the property, you will hear knocks on the outside of the door if you're trapped in the gas chamber. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear people, you'll hear, like you'll hear people like suffocating, like choking, you know, because of the gas. And then you have other, you know, things like that. But that reminds me of the Missouri State Penitentiary, how those are both tied up. Yeah, I mean, with with everything that's happening and the sightings and the activity at, at Mans, it's easy to see why it regularly ranks on those lists of the most haunted places in America. Right. And why all these shows want to go there and do investigations. Um, even even How Mr. Beast, is- even even Mr. Beast. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody knows who that is. The guy from YouTube who's who gives out money and stuff like that did an episode on his YouTube channel for staying 24 hours or overnight at, at Mansfield prison. So they're, how they're far is Mansfield's from Tiffin? Maybe an hour, about an hour. Okay. Uh, I've, I've been there, but when I went, we went for the haunted house that was there. And this was, I was uh, probably 17, 18 when, when, when I went and I mean, it's probably one of the worst haunted houses I've ever been to in my life. Um, they did a shitty, really shitty job with it, with, with what you're working with. It should have been so much better. Um, but we didn't experience anything outside of what they were doing for the haunted house, which I mean, it makes, makes sense. Like there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff going on for a haunted house with animatronics and guides and and everything else. Uh, So even if, even if there was something happening, there's so much other noise and stuff going on that being able to pick it up, I wouldn't have seen it. I wouldn't have noticed it. Let's get a consensus here. Prisons, psych <laughs> hospitals, historic hotels, probably the three probably most the three most haunted places ever. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could I and I could spend time on that hospital my dad owned and sold, but we can talk about that in another time. I know um we're getting there on time mm-hmm. and whatnot, but 
Um, again, for the people that don't know, we do have a phone number yes, that you can reach us do. out. I know, and we've talked about it, but we do want to hear from you. And I know it's afraid. I know it's hard to reach out to, and talk about your experiences because you're, are you really sure? Are you seeing what you're seeing type of thing? Right. But JD, um, for those that want to call in, what is the phone number? Let me see if I can get this off the top of my head. It's 567-429-1626. And then um, you can leave a voicemail and then we can mm-hmm. and then we can share your experience yeah. on on our show. And we want to, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your experiences. That's what makes this show really good. And right. we um, don't want to we don't want it for to just be us talking about what what we want to talk about we want to hear um from those of you that are listening to the show um i know we just started i know we don't have a huge following yet uh but you guys are helping us but we appreciate every one of you that are listening we want to hear from you we want to we want to hear your experiences and and the things that have happened to you so we can put those out there and and so so everybody that listens can can also hear that and and feel those experiences with you. And I just booked a uh, a guest for November. We we all three know him. Um, he was on our second episode, so he is planning on coming back in November. So um, I got some reading to do, I guess. Then yeah, yeah, we do. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I we'll we'll probably end up talking about his uh his what shadow people walks the shadow yeah. people yeah yeah. And so, his, and I'm halfway through that. I have read that book, put it down. Um, I can tell you it's a little, it's, it's really good just to hear the stories and what the history of them are. So we will get more into detail on that, but he, yeah. I just texted him during the show and asked him if he wanted to come on in November. And he said he was more than welcome to. So or more than happy, more what, than happy to. Yeah. Day is it? Because we got to figure that out. Yeah. It, um, well, we do Monday. So Monday should be good. Third because, Monday uh, of November. Yeah. Yeah, so I should be good. I don't think there's a game on on what will be that Monday because so that would be the 14th since today's the or no, never mind. I'm kidding. It's the 31st. So yeah, it'd be so the 19th. Be, I know yeah, we're talking. Let me go into let me go into the schedule. I want I don't want to I don't want to commit to something and be like, oh wait, no, fuck that. I can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I believe it's the 20. It's actually I think November 21st. Yep. Yep. So we're good. So yeah, we uh, can. So we'll no have. Yeah. So no we'll game have, that day. We're going to have him that day. Um, I'll, I'll confirm with him, but he did say he was interested in coming back on. So we'll have that ready for you guys the next time. Uh, next time. And guys, thanks for joining us tonight and have a happy Halloween. Yeah, you guys too. Terry, enjoy hanging, hand out that candy to those kids coming to your house. And uh, and, I, can we, one can final I get... thing, one final thing. Like if you're at a haunted place tonight, guys, you know, I know some people like to go out to, graveyards and maybe a haunted house and you you're in a room and you feel like you're not alone you're probably not <laughs> right and oh, this is the scariest said, night of the year everybody that listens to this show <laughs> show terry hope their kids listen to it <laughs> all right thank you guys for joining us have a great halloween happy halloween <laughs>